Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and as ever I'm joined by my co-host Holly. Hello. And this week we have a special guest with us. We are joined by Lyle. Hello. And we will be discussing The Mummy, which was released in the UK on the 25th of June 1999 and a bit earlier, the 4th of May 1999 in the USA. But as always, before we do that, we're just going to touch briefly on the ride that is in Universal Studios Orlando. It's Revenge of the Mummy. It opened on the 21st of May 2004, upsetting me greatly, another one I was upset about, because this replaced Confrontation, which was the King Kong ride. So I'm going to have to hand over to you two for this because I haven't actually ridden this ride um, because I I don't like roller coasters. So Holly, would you like to tell us what the ride is all about? Yeah, I mean it's a very good ride. It is. I would say it's a roller coaster ish. Mm. Like it's sort of you sort of go round really for a bit, don't you, Lyle? Like You know, like seeing the mummy and. Well, you see it. You see quite a lot because you see the mummy, and then you see sort of like the palace where he lives with all the gold. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, it's not just sort of like you get on it and it bombs off at sixty miles an hour. It's it's. I, I mean, I think it's fantastic. I there is. I truly do. The best bit about this ride there is one bit where is it where the fire is and then you go backwards or something no it's when the the bugs basically you you stop and then the bugs bomb out of the wall don't they or they crawl out of the wall and and then then you you just just start going back yeah then you just go flying back don't you Mm, but the best every time you go on it somebody is always people scream It's funny because when you actually first do go off at like 60 miles an hour or whatever, everyone puts their hands up. And like the first part, like you can't really see the roller coaster of what's coming ahead. And the first part is a violent right turn. And you can see all these people crash into the side of the sort of seat. And they're all like agony holding on to their sides because they just don't realize what's coming up. And I just laugh at them. Well, I mean, you're not selling it to me, to be honest. <laughs> it is such a good ride, though, really good. And the queue's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, that bit where you put your hand in the wall and you just hear all these screams because it blows wind on you or something. Oh, no, there's that bit, isn't there? There's the bit where um, on the other side there's a camera that can see the people in the queue and then you pulled your trousers down, didn't you? Well, I, I don't think sure I pulled you? them down to the point of exposing myself. <laughs> I think you did. I don't think I did. But I would recommend this ride, Carl. It's genuinely in my top 
I'd say top three rides in Florida. Wow, that's big words. And also, you need to get you can get over the King Kong thing no. because it's moved. No, but yeah, it's, not the same. One. it's not the same. They've put a 3D version in the old one, and I will talk about this a little bit more later because I'm going to mention it. But the old one actually picks you up, like the, it picked you up, Holly. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was good, but it isn't as good as the mummy. Okay, but they, I agree. They could have put the mummy somewhere else. No, because the, your theme park, all it would have <laughs> was just films which should have gone years, decades and years, and years ago. Well, this is quite an old film now. Should this go? They're re-releasing it. So, do you see uh, Brendan Fraser in the ride? But will they need to remake it and put Tom Cruise in there instead? No, you don't. No, you do, Holly, at the end. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah, because he's, he's sat in his chair and he's like, you need to get me my cup of coffee. I tried to watch it on YouTube, but there was no point. I couldn't see what was happening. <laughs> well, I tried to. I watched it on YouTube because I was like, maybe I should refresh my memory. And then I was like, I'm just watching Pitch Black. Yeah, just a pitch black screen MP3. <laughs> so, what is the point? Yeah. My, my only complaint, again, is obviously it leads into the gift shop. Yeah. I am a little bit like, who is buying stuff in there? Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Would, would it, uh, Maybe like a teenage boy would want a T-shirt with I Survived the Mummy on it. I don't know. Do they even have that? They should. It's a great idea. I don't know if they do, but... Oh. They're missing well, the maybe. Because I know you can walk in the gift shop without going on the ride. And I yeah. have wandered into it in error. I don't know why I was in there, but I do have a vague recollection of being in there and remembering uh, that was where you used to get your picture taken with King Kong. And they used to like, have a big King Kong there and you could have your... Oh, God. <laughs> and did you just start chucking stuff around and <laughs> like, this isn't right. Bring back King Kong. Yeah, I, I was very upset and had to be removed from universal property. <laughs> it worries me the day E.T. goes. Let me tell you something. The other day I was just idly looking at the wait times because I wanted to see it, how popular the mummy was at the moment. And it said E.T. closed. I mean, I'm not kidding. I think my heart might have stopped at that point. And then I, look, I literally I got on Twitter immediately typed it in it's okay it was just being repaired oh i think with that ride it would literally have to be i'd have to like someone would have to call you every half an hour just to make sure that you're okay i would need to be watched yeah yeah <laughs> Get a call to the police being like can you just go and check on this lady please because the et ride's just been announced it's been closed and i'm very worried well i mean how much longer can it stay there uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if this is true, and we'll probably mention this again next week because we're doing ET next week. But I heard that oh. Steven Spielberg has said that he will not let them have any more of his films if ET is taken out of the park. I've heard that. But what films has he done recently that they'd want? I don't think should be messing with Spielberg. But he's not going to be doing much more, is he? He's got to be pushing eighty. 80. I don't think he's 80, no. 70. Yeah, it's not, not that old. So is he, he's retired, surely, now. He did the BFG last year. He did Jurassic World. I mean, Jurassic World was good. 
I thought maybe he was something to do with Transformers as well. Didn't he have a hand in that? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what he does. Maybe now he just sort of has little... He just says he's part of it, so then they can't... Every film, you know, that they do, he has this small part to play. Uh, I think it goes deeper than just the theme parks, probably over Universal Pictures altogether. I should imagine he has a hell of a lot of power. It's his baby, isn't it, E.T.? It was, it's like, it's, he always says that. It's his most personal film. I mean, I like the smell of it. Don't get me wrong. Well, who doesn't? I love the smell of that ride. It's a great smell. I'd go on it just for the smell. So, Holly, did you ask Lyle our question that we were going to ask this week? Our yeah, I did, actually. Question. So, I, I stole this a little bit off of um, WDW Radio podcast who uh, did a show with their top 10 best cast member rides or attractions what they would like to do so I put it to you which five rides attractions stroke shops restaurants in Universal Studios would you like to work in past or present I mean I don't have a list to say but I do have a few rides which I would like to maybe work out if I ever had to my favourite would be Popeyes, the Rapids. Really? Absolutely, be literally gleeful watching first timers go on that ride dressed up in really inappropriate clothes, like jeans and socks, and you know, sort of sit on that rapid, thinking, "Oh, I'm not going to get that wet." And I would just be hollering as they went off, and then we saw them come back soaked from head to toe. It would make my day. And, and, you know, you're outside, you're getting a bit of fresh air, you're in the sun, but you're also getting water. But just seeing those people go off on those rides and then coming back drenched, it, it, I, it would just, it would get me through. It really would. And also the best thing would be, because on that ride, there is a sign which says, you will get drenched, possibly says, soaked. And it would be, so, you'd get some people come off and be like, I'm absolutely soaking. And you just would say... Yeah, I just was point there. to the sign and go. You had your warning. I just love it. That would be my ultimate. That I, I, I would love to work on that ride. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, um, Holly, have you got your number one that you would like to do? I think. Well, I was going to say something like ET actually, because you know it's never busy. You don't have to do a lot of work, do you? I I say obviously ET is on my list, but. Not just for the fact that I like E.T., but it's quite quiet, isn't it? You're kind of left alone. Yeah. No one's really going to be in a bad mood there because it's quite a gentle ride. Uh, parents are going to be all nostalgic, so, you know. It's, and it smells nice, and it's very well air-conditioned. So, yeah, that E.T. would definitely be on my list. Yeah, I like the idea of that. But then I, I do think if you're somewhere like Florida, you do want to be outside, yeah, that was it for me. I, the thought of ET, you just in—you wouldn't know what time it was. It could be 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. Well, what what struck me when—and and they're a lovely podcast, WDW—but all of theirs centred around making people's days happy, and mine centred around avoiding as many people as possible. <laughs> Do you know what ride I would want? What? would be my number one okay. and it's the log flume in that tomb bit so near Popeyes and there is somebody who sits um 
on a chair on his own at the top who watches, just make sure everyone's sat in their seat when they go round to the big drop. Oh, that's quite relaxing. Yeah. You can be out in the sun if you want. Yeah, they wave. They just say, oh, sit down. (laughs) And that's it. You're up there on your own. Okay. That sounds all right. So, yeah, yours, yours, none of mine are outside that I picked. I'm not, I, it's a bit hot, isn't it? Like, it's all right, you know, I just wouldn't want to do a midday shift. Maybe I'd have to tell them I was Spanish and need to sleep. <laughs> in a, <laughs> between the hours of 12 and 2, I don't want to be out in that sun. It's too much. But mm. I did put... And I, don't, I mean, this is difficult in Universal because they don't really have that many characters. But I'd want to be Bart Simpson. I'd want to be in that costume. What, all day? Well, no, they only come out for like 20 minutes at a time, don't they? Because they get okay. too hot. He can be like really inappropriate and people just think it's funny. You could be so rude to people and they're just like, oh, Bart. Yeah, so Bart. When I... Stood with the Simpsons when I was in LA. He tipped my coffee away. Literally tipped it away. And I laughed, thinking, oh, this is funny. It wasn't, actually. That cost me $20. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, at that time, you think, oh, that was so funny. And then you think, hold on, that was just an absolute dick in a costume that did that. Like an 18-year-old teenage boy just at, you know, college. Probably just thought it was funny to ruin your day. Yeah, and I've got a picture of of it happening, and I look like the happiest person on earth, so more for me. Uh, Years ago, I worked at a cinema, and they used to have these two mascots called UCNI, which for UCI cinemas. And my job on the Saturday, I was only a teenager, was to dress up as the little girl negative. So I feel quite at home. They're quite nice inside those big costumes. They've got little fans that go. Little rotating fans. I did get my hair, hair caught once. That wasn't nice. But if you remember to tie your hair back, you're good as gold. Oh, it's good they've got a fan inside. Well, they, I mean, if look, if a negative costume in Sutton High Street can provide a fan, I'm fairly certain the ones in Universal will have fans in as well. Yeah. But didn't, wasn't there like a lawsuit? Someone, oh, this is Disney, but someone dressed up as Donald Duck and they were like, fainted because they had no fan or no water for like half an hour oh really yeah americans laws on employment are not as good as england (laughs) they probably gave him like a dollar an hour and literally fed him like duck food or something Hmm. yeah just to get into character which is probably like staying out there for two hours you can only have bread and you have to dive into the moat to get it (laughs) <laughs> and if you have to happen to get some muddy water then, good for you. <laughs> oh, so maybe I wouldn't want to do that. But yeah, if the conditions were right, so the the other one I wanted to do was, if it's of any time, I wanted to be the person at the front of the confrontation ride, like the the, the actual like skipper doing it or whatever they were called. I would like to just play it very English. Do you know what I mean? And like, not ham it up. I don't know if they'd get that. I'd maybe just offer people like a cup of tea and some biscuits as Colin was picking us up. And just be like, oh, it all come out in the wash. Because <laughs> they're always so over the top. Yeah, uh, yeah. They are being 
you know, dragged up in the air by a hundred foot ape. Uh, I still, you can still see the British people on the ride, or the German people. They're the ones that make no reaction whatsoever. And then you can see the Americans, which are screaming and getting involved. And to be honest, I envy them to a certain extent because they're probably having a way better time than I am. Yeah, probably. But they know how to let loose, don't they, the Yanks? They really do. <laughs> they they do. really do. So where else uh, did you have on your list, Eve Review? I had the Twister gift shop. <laughs> because I imagine, you know, if I was working in Universal, I, I'm assuming I'd be sort of like, you know, 18, 19 student, yeah. working there part-time, therefore I'd probably be hanging I thought the Twister gift shop would be a place where I could just sit and listen to my iPod. Because no one buys anything. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, I can understand that. That was my reasoning. And I feel like with that shop, you could just walk outside if you wanted to for a few minutes. And, and you know, you're not bound and shackled to the desk, are you, or anything? No. Because if anything, you could say, oh, I'm just going to try and drum up some, some support or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's in quite a it was quite a nice location, isn't it? Because you could kind of look down either way and see what's going on. It wasn't, you know, yeah. Yeah, you're not tucked away somewhere. No, you've got quite a good view of both both sets of streets. So I I, I would agree with that. That's a good one. And sort of on that, you know, that same line. And also, you can sometimes like you could come out, you could. <coughs> mess around with the popcorn and stuff if you wanted some sun I would do the little cafe you know just the hole in the wall by that twister mm. shop yes because if you did a night shift as well and they have the music in the summer great view Free concert. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very good view isn't it from there yeah so I think I would do that well, these are all great ideas, and they've all been very self-centred. We haven't once talked about making someone's day magical. We'll do we'll do the same question again on the Disney podcast later, Holly. So you're gonna have to that that's one for you to think about. Okay. I just can't imagine Holly ever working at Disneyland. I don't think she'd be allowed. I think they'd ask you what your favourite character is. Like, that would be one of the things. It'd be like, what's your favourite character? And then I'd be like, oh, this person could say we're really evil. And it'd be like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into this film. Yep. So it starts off in 1290 BC. We're going to call it The Mummy from the off because eventually it becomes The Mummy. Now, I'm presuming if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, then that's just your own fault. So, obviously, there'll be spoilers for us. Spoiler alert! Yeah, there's spoilers, right? He turns into a mummy. But what is his name? Just for the people who, you know, so, want to know it. Lyle. Imhotep. There you are. You'll hear it just this once. <laughs> so, The Mummy has an affair with Pharaoh's wife yeah Anaximanun. thank you and they kill him they both stab him with a sword yes and then she kills herself he takes her body and removes her organs to some kind of ritual that they're doing but the ritual is stopped and he's turned into uh, a mummy like bound up 
buried alive with beetles. Which I thought was horrendous. It's not the nicest way to go, is it? I thought it was possibly the worst way you could ever go. He had his tongue ripped out. Yeah. It's not great. And also, though, before we go back, before we start that, the very, very beginning, obviously, we see the pharaoh's wife. Mm. And I just thought she was dressed, you know, seeming as it was like whatever before Christ, dressed very, um, quite slutty. She was a bit saucy, wasn't she? But she was having an affair, so I I think she was a saucy lady. I think, you know, he smudged her, and I just thought, you idiot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because the only reason the pharaoh knew was because... He smudged he, her. Yeah, and mm. you'd have thought they'd been a bit more careful, really. Yeah, I And agree. maybe could have killed him in a more private area and both just got away and lived happily ever after. Yeah. Agreed. And, and then, then the film wouldn't... would have happened and we wouldn't be sat here right now. The mummy is buried at the foot of a statue of an Egyptian god. Do you know the name of that Egyptian god, Lyle? I don't. Oh. I'm not going to lie. Okay, that's fine. I I've thought got you no idea. That too, which would have been impressive. It cuts to 1926, and we see Brendan Fraser fighting as part of the Foreign Legion, I presume. Was it ever explained he was in Foreign Legion? I'm guessing that's what it was. Well, yeah, I didn't, we really didn't, understand we didn't this bit. Yeah. Okay, I think I think he's in the Foreign Legion from what they were wearing. All all sand erupts all round him, and he kind of I don't I don't really know what happened in this bit, but yeah, whatever. It then cuts to the library, and we see Evelyn in the library, and she knocks down a load of books and seems very blasé. She manages to destroy the entire library. Do you know, this is what I said in this scene. I was like, firstly, that whole ladder scene, I found awful. Absolutely awful. It didn't even raise a smile. And I think it was supposed to be some sort of comedy skit. I think it was the comedy moment of the film. I mean, mean, it was laughably bad. It was awful. And then the whole thing, when she obviously knocks against the shelf, and I just sort of thought, firstly... I didn't know back in 1920s they were using IKEA um, shelving because either the shelves are made of MDF or she weighs a ton. It, they would have been very, very hard to knock down because the weight yeah. of the books alone plus yeah. the wood that would have been using in, used in those days, yeah. And then we get to it and she's a bit like... Oh, well, it was an accident. Yeah, we've made an almighty mess. There was no apology. You can't just say it was an accident. Like, you just would be like, oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll clean it up. I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do it. Like, she just was a bit like, well, I didn't mean to. Calm down. I would have sacked her on the spot. So, I think it was revealed that her parents were something to do with being the founders of the library or something. Was that correct? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, her her parents were something related, weren't they? Which probably explains why they let her bumble around in the library. Wasn't she allegedly part Egyptian? She said at the end that she was half Egyptian, didn't she? Which I just think is not believable. She was as white as white can be. 
it's more unbelievable that John Hanna has got Egyptian in him. Yes, right? I agree. I, I very much like John Hanna, but he did a terrible English accent because he's very Scottish. I mean, I didn't know he was Scottish, so I, I fell for that accent hook line. Oh. As did I. Oh, okay. Well, no, he's, he's incredibly, like, really Scottish, and I just think that he kept lapsing back into being Scottish, like, so many times throughout the film. But maybe if you, maybe he didn't. Maybe it's just because I knew I was picking up on it. Yeah, John Hannah's out the back, and he's he's having a little prank, and he's in a tomb and pretends to. Uh, he's a buffoon. Yeah. <laughs> Who just completely finds a way to balls up whatever situation he's in. Again, I was very surprised. I knew he was in this film because I'd seen it years ago, but I was surprised he would do this kind of film, because he's a very serious actor who's been in quite a lot of, you know, quite well thought of works. It just seems a little bit out of uh, character for him to do this kind of role. I mean, I only know him from The Mummy. Okay. So, you know, I don't really know him, but... I mean, I guess if that was what his character was supposed to be, you know, a bit of a silly buffoon-type comedy character. He I mean, played I suppose it well. He, yeah, he played it very well. You can't deny that. So he gives her a box um, and a map, which he stole from Brendan, we find out. And then this seems all very silly, isn't it? So they go to the map with the sort of the museum leader. And mm. obviously, yes, later on we we know why but I just said at the time like I mean how does the museum keep running mm. it's just full of absolute idiots so they need to go to um, where the pharaohs said to have buried the wealth of Egypt is that about right have I, have I summarised it well so far yeah okay. yes just for the record, I think we said this before the, we started recording, I didn't particularly enjoy this film or know what was going on throughout at least the first hour. So if I'm a little bit fuzzy, you're going to have to pick me up on it because you two seem to enjoy it a lot more than I did. So They go to see uh, Brendan, who is in prison. Now, Lyle, you made a good point about this, yeah, didn't this, you? This bothered me, and this was just a mistake of the film, I assume, but... You know, he was in that prison for three years, according to the film. And yet, you know, his hair looked awful, like completely long, you know, rat taily. It was just dreadful. And yet, you know, he didn't even have a slight beard. So you're <laughs> telling me they were shaving him every day, just leaving his hair like that? I mean, I think he might have had like maybe a little bit of stubble, but yeah. you know, you'd have more than that if you were there for three years, locked up in rags or whatever. Yeah. So and that, yeah, like, that, they, like they nicely go in and say, oh, once a week or once every few days we give you um, a shave, but ha, we're leaving your hair. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just, it was either they should have done it all or left it all, you know? Don't do one yeah. and then not the other. Yeah. yeah. That's fair so enough. That bothered me. It almost ruined the film, actually, for me. You nearly switched off at that point and said, cancel the podcast. Yeah. I can't deal with this. So he reaches through the bars and grabs 
Evelyn and Kitty's are. I mean, he must have stunk as well. <laughs> well, I don't and, know. They were clearly shaving him, so they were probably giving him a wash as well. Um, and he tells her to get him out of the death penalty. He seems quite relaxed for a man that's just be about to be sentenced to death, doesn't he? And also so convenient that they turned up on that day. On the day, yeah. I mean, if they'd have been delayed just a second longer. Yeah, it would have been really very bad. Mm. So she offers Walden Gad Hussain. I think that's his name. So, uh, yeah, so she offers £500, um, but he hangs him anyway, and as luck would have it, he doesn't die doesn't break his neck. Which was lucky, really. really well, lucky. really lucky. Yeah. Uh, so while he's hanging there, so he's going to slowly die now, he's going to strangle. And while he's hanging there, she offers Gad, Walden Gad, she likes to call him Walden Gad, is that good enough? She yeah. offers him uh, 25% of the money that they find. Yeah. Then they all set out with the warden in tow. He gets cut down. Sorry, I need to... He's not dead. Yeah, yeah. They all go with him dead. He seems uh, to recover quite well from that, because I'd imagine you'd probably be quite dizzy. And, like, you'd have probably, I'd have thought, awful marks all across your neck. Yeah, he didn't have any rope burns, did he? No. Which was lucky. <laughs> and highly suspicious. Well, he didn't look too bad the day after, did he? Considering he'd been in captivity for three years. I mean, what have they been feeding him? Steak dinners? <laughs> like when Rachel it. saw him again and she sort of thought, oh Christ, he's handsome. I just thought, yeah. is this someone who looks like they've been in prison in, in wherever Christ knows where they are in Egypt for three years? Because I didn't think he looked like someone like that. No, he didn't. He didn't at all, no. And his, you know, his clothes all looked really pressed and neat and nice. Yeah. You gave him that haircut in the middle of Egypt. Does it look good? <laughs> it did, it did. We need to go over there. You've obviously got professional barbers following him. I just, that bit was unexplained as well. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so they go off and they find another group of treasure hunters, which they refer to lots of times as the Americans. So we will refer to them as the Americans just for ease. Um, her, that's led by someone called Benny. Yeah. Oh, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess you've got... Okay, so I kind of... Maybe I wasn't watching properly or I don't know, but the boat was attacked. Was there any need uh, to show that? Did it add anything to the story other than just a nice fight scene? I mean, I think they probably thought we're half an hour in, we haven't had much action yet, we need to yeah. put something in. Yeah, so there wasn't an actual need for it for the story, this was just so we could get a bit of action going on. I think so, because if you yeah. look at it, the mummy doesn't actually appear until about an hour into the film, which I think is a bit long. So they probably just thought, oh, you know, we need something to keep it going, otherwise people might get bored. Well, when it's called the mummy, you know false representation hmm. yeah we're expecting something yeah um yeah there was no point of that scene and then it sort of goes on to 
the fact that you know then they've lost all of their possessions yeah oh maybe that was the part of the scene that they've lost everything yeah maybe that was that was that that was to give them an excuse as to why they lost everything they had with them the, the boat though did seem to it did descend into chaos pretty quick yeah I mean, didn't there was something which bothered me on the boat, and it was when Rachel was, or whatever her name is, Evie, is it, Evelyn? Evelyn. She was talking to Brendan, and she said something like, why did you kiss me? Yeah. You know, it's like, desperate much? <laughs> yeah. And also, it's like, well, he's about to be hung, so does he need an explanation? Mm. Yeah. You know, like, maybe he just was like, oh, I don't know, you were just there, and I thought, why not? Like, don't read into it. Yeah. Bit needy. Really needy. Uh, So they continue and find the tomb, and both groups, Brendan's group and the Americans, go in and kind of separate off. Brendan's group find the statue uh, and where the mummy is. Yeah. And the American group find the Book of the Dead and a jar with the uh, woman's organs in. Yeah. And whilst, yeah. whilst this is happening, uh, the Walden Gang gets... Well, it's, it's, we don't see him again. The Walden Gang gets eaten from the inside by a beetle. And then he, he kind of runs away and runs into a wall and the next thing he's dead. <laughs> Did the beetle kill him? Did the wall kill him? I mean, because he didn't even appear to make much contact with the wall outside of his stomach. It it did confuse me a little that, you know, no one seemed to care that he died like that. Like, no one seemed to sort of question it. It was like no one had mentioned it again. Like, why has this man just randomly headbutted a stone wall? Yeah, and then they were going through his belongings, like, as if it was quite acceptable i know that he just you know tried to to hang brendan but yeah it was a bit i don't know wasn't really he didn't really need again was that needed did he even need to go with them i mean i thought the death scene was good but i think it it, it was just a little unexplained like they didn't seem to care the effect was very good and considering the film's 18 years old it still looked very good well, me and Holly thought the CGI was dreadful. Yeah, we did. And I commented on that, actually. Well, maybe maybe when uh, later on, when we get to the actual mummy, but I think the beetle under the skin looked re- really good. I oh, think yeah, yeah, okay. The beetle under the skin looked good. But, like, when you saw, like, all of the beetles and stuff, it looked awful. Oh, yeah, okay. That's but then enough. again, it, it was the 90s, so, you know, we have to give it some slack. Yeah, we do. Um, so Evelyn explains the burial of the mummy was so bad that they feared if he arose he would bring ten plagues back to Egypt seems a bit bit silly why they want to sort of mess around really yeah but I, I wondered why they did it in the first place they could have just killed him couldn't they they didn't really need to do this if it, if it was that scary why did they bother to do that to him just Always. kill him, and then he wouldn't ever be a bother to you again. I agree. Or miss out one of those mystical steps and just leave the scarab beetles with him. That'd be done. Mm. 
I could have just buried him alive. I mean, that would have been horrific enough, wouldn't with it? With one of the beetles. Just with one beetle. We saw what it did to the other bloke. Yeah. If anything, it probably would have been worse with just one. He probably died a lot quicker with several. Exactly. I didn't think it through, did they? No. They did. Uh, so Evelyn then reads from the book that's found by the uh, Americans, and it all kicks right off. That's what I've written. So I don't know what this means. I've just written it all kicks right off. So well, please take over. Just before we get to that scene, which okay. obviously is when the mummy comes, Holly, you did make a good point about, I think this happened before she read the book when she was drunk. Do you remember oh, when... Yeah. And Brendan said something like, I don't get you. Yeah, so they're talking again, and he's like, I get your brother, I get this person, but I don't get you. And we were kind of just like, well, what's there not to get? <laughs> she, wasn't, she wasn't playing any games, I didn't think. I thought she seemed like quite an open book. Yeah. I didn't, didn't get it. And he kept pressing her, didn't he? He kept being like, but what about you? What about you? And it's like, what? Like, very odd. She was quite one-dimensional, but I think uh, he was making her sound like she was a very complicated person when she actually she wasn't at all. Not at all. Yeah. Well, anyway, we see Benny goes off with... Uh, he leads the mummy to Cairo, where all the others have fled to, to get away from him. So he's kind of sold his soul, hasn't he? Yeah, which isn't really a shock, is it? Well, and, you know, I, I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but it's all very well being, you know, I wouldn't do that. But really, if you were faced with it? Yeah, I think you would. But you've got that whole scene when they're down and then the mummy comes out and stuff. And then, obviously, all the Americans are trying to run away. And one of them loses his glasses, doesn't he, in, in, the, oh, in the scene of trying to escape. And a couple of things here that we picked up on one i was like you have to be pretty much registered blind i would say to not be able to see anything you know when there is you're being faced with something quite scary not to just run for your life so he's padding around trying to find his glasses gets the glasses all broken or whatever and then obviously the mummy's there why would the mummy want his eyes he can't Uh, see <laughs> I just think that the mummy made a really poor choice there. He chose the worst eyes out of all those those blokes who opened that that chest. He did. And can I just say as well, when the mummy sort of first appears, and I think Brendan sort of shoots at him, thinking that he got him and, and nothing was wrong. There didn't seem to be any sort of urgency or shock or concern. No. But this, you know. However, three thousand year old thing, it just walked out to life. Thin. I mean, wouldn't that be like sort of shock you enough that you would just die? Yeah. Um, then we see Brendan uh, kind of roughing up Benny, and uh, Benny tells him that he will be immune if he gets uh, the mummy, the book, and sacrifices Evelyn. The mummy starts to kind of get his face back again, doesn't he? Yeah, Yeah, because he kills a few more of the the Americans. Yeah, it's kind of 
half with just like his jaw missing at some point and then we said that he left the best bit of that man that man had really nice white teeth mm. <laughs> and he didn't want them and then when he went to go and kiss rachel and then mm. his face started falling back into the mummy oh <laughs> disgusting isn't that a bit when he ate a bug or something you were like i'm gonna be sick <laughs> Yeah. Like a bug, bug crawled out of his neck. The bug comes out of his neck and into the side of his mouth and then he eats it. Oh. I remember working at the cinema when this came out, actually, and it used to... And you know what English cinema or British cinema isn't like? You don't usually get many reactions. It's normally quite silent. People don't tend to whoop and cheer or anything, but you could you could kind of hear people really cringing at certain parts in this film. It was pretty gross. But I mean, even that bug eating scene, I, I, I was just thinking, why is he eating a bug? Like, I know he's a mummy, but he was just a normal human, wasn't he, before? Yeah. So why now would he think, oh, I'm just going to eat this scarab? <laughs> but if I died and came back, I wouldn't go out and start eating beetles. After, after he kisses her and his face falls off and whatever, and he's shown a cat to be scared away, isn't he? Yeah. Evelyn works out the Book of the Living can kill him again and she thinks she knows where it is but the mummy follows them and they kind of all get captured and Evelyn sacrifices herself and when she goes off didn't you think John Hannah was not bothered in the slightest that's his, that's his sister we said this, didn't we, Lux? I actually, we recorded this. We, we rewound it. Was it. This scene, we rewound it and just paused and looked at it again. And he just was staring into space. Not, not bothered at all. <laughs> I don't understand why Brendan would be more bothered by her being sacrificed than her own brother. I mean, imagine, imagine your sibling being taken away. And he was just very... Can we just go back to the cat, though? Me and Holly, we had an idea, didn't we? We did. Because obviously the mummy was scared of cats. Yeah. So why would you not just go out and, you know, to some sort of cat shelter and just get loads of cats? The Egyptians were very strict with cats, weren't they? You weren't allowed to... Like, they were seen as magical things. So I think even touching a cat was probably frowned upon. We didn't know that, did we, Holly? No, we didn't. We We just thought we'd surround ourselves with cats. I don't think you would be allowed to get near a cat. I don't even know how they got near that cat, to be honest. The cat just came in and started playing the piano. When was this? When the first time the mummy was there and this little white cat just ran across the keys, didn't it, on the piano. And then the mummy turned and looked at it. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't have the piano playing it. No. Cat or anything. like a Disney film. Um, yeah, so I would. I don't know, uh, but I would imagine because they used to worship cats that they probably couldn't just take cats. That's explained it then, because we we were a bit confused to why they just didn't go and get cats. So at least yeah. you know. Thank. I think they could have explained that to us though. Mm. Yes, they should have stopped the film. <laughs> For the benefit of those that didn't cover this in history class, just yeah. so you know. I mean, we've got history degrees, Holly. I know. 
obviously not not on cats though. You were away that day. Uh, we were away most days. Then Brendan's in a plane with John Hanna. I thought and the pilot was brilliant. Who was the pilot? I don't know, but he was my favourite character in the entire film. He walked through the um, the fountain, didn't he, at the, in, earlier on in the scene. Hmm. With quite a large lady. And then he, he, yeah, he, he flew the plane, which was sad, really, because it was weird how he was the only one out of the lot that got killed. The rest yeah. were fine. Not even a scratch. No. No, they, they, they came out of it pretty unscathed. So uh, before that, and then the mummy is flinging sand at them. That is one of the um, most famous, I think, scenes of the film. From, from people I've spoken to, you know, I've spoken to people at work, I've said I'm going to be on the podcast, and they did, you know, that scene got mentioned a lot, that, you know, that scene with, you know, when he makes the face in the sand. Yeah. People really thought that was a good scene. I suppose the effects were quite good for the time. Um, I think yeah. that that's, isn't it on the DVD cover as well? I think that's the the image that they use on the on the poster for it as well. So kind of in people's memories, isn't it? So she kisses the mummy to stop him from flinging sand. And then, uh, like you said, they crash, the pilot dies, but the other two are absolutely fine. Another scene with a beetle. Ha John Hanna gets the beetle in him and Brendan cuts it out. Mm. Again, not a scrap of blood. No. And also, his sling was on his arm, but it looked like Brendan had stabbed him in his shoulder. Yes. So that kind of didn't make sense to me. But that looked quite good. Again, the CGI, they seem to have got that nail. Beetles under skin, CGI, <laughs> top notch. Tick. The yeah. rest of it, though, questionable. Mm, very. I think when you look at similar CGI for the time, I know you say it's the 90s, but when you consider Independence Day came out three years prior to that, their CGI was amazing. So I don't think it's that they, they weren't capable of good CGI in the 90s. I just think maybe this wasn't... Maybe they didn't have the budget. Yeah, maybe. I don't right. know. What I've heard, because I did some research on The Mummy, is that Universal didn't actually think it was going to be very popular at all. Right. And they didn't even think it was going to be a hit. Where were we, Carla? Okay, the so... Plane, the plane uh, crashed. The plane crashed. Um, Conveniently they for everybody, the plane crashes. The one person who dies on the plane manages to be in quicksand, so it's like a quick, easy grave for him. That was really yeah. useful. That's always handy if you can die in quicksand. It yeah. saves a lot of funeral costs. Exactly. But then they find the treasure. There's lots of gold. It's like Chad's Paradise down there, isn't it? It's gold wall to wall. Very it is. And in the meantime, Evelyn is chained up. Now, I wondered, why was she suddenly wearing quite sexy underwear? She didn't strike me as the kind of woman that would own that underwear. During Egypt in the 1920s. I think it's one of those scenes uh, un unexplained, like why did Sigourney Weaver have to have no clothes on in Alien? Still not given us an answer to that for all of their moaning that we didn't do the film justice. So, uh, yeah, Evelyn's chained up in, in a nighty, and uh, John Hannah runs in with the book. 
whilst he's trying to decipher the book, in a very light-hearted manner, yet again, considering his sister's life at risk, he's like, oh, I'm such a dunce, blah, blah, blah. While he's doing that, Brendan, he's fighting off various uh, mummies. And that whole scene with the book, like, he, he runs in and he says, he's like, hey, sis, got the book, but I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like... <laughs> She's chained up about to have a throat slit, you know, like... Yeah. Again, I mean, I've just written no urgency. They do manage to fight off all the mummies. Evelyn gets hold of the book and manages to read it aloud, which makes the main mummy mortal and Brendan can kill him. And I felt really... I got quite tearful, didn't I, Holly? Yeah. Because I actually was rooting for the mummy towards the end, and especially, I felt really bad for Anuksa and Moon, or whatever her name was, his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just been brought back after Christ knows how many years. She looks awful because she's still a mummy, and then she gets set upon by all these other mummies and gets killed in a horrid way. And I just thought it was sad. I just thought, you know, all all the mummy really wanted was to have his girlfriend back. I mean, yes, he killed that pharaoh, but he was clearly a pig. And I just mm. felt like, you know, he hadn't done anything wrong in this film. Lyle actually said if you looked at this from a different angle, it could have been one of the greatest love stories ever. It would have been maybe nice if when he became mortal, he kind of snapped out of being angry mummy and just went to being like quite a normal guy that was just happy to have his girlfriend back. Did anyone else get tearful at the end of them? I mean, I did, but it was nearly over. I, I was tears of joy. But did anyone else uh, feel that the, the mummy deserved better? So then it cuts to... Um, uh, they try to save uh, Benny, but he gets imprisoned with the treasures and eaten by beetles. Uh, John Hannah says, I guess we go home empty-handed. And Brendan says, I wouldn't say that. And then gazes at Evelyn. And then they have a disgusting Slaskimo kiss. Oh, that was awful. I mean, I just had avocado on toast. It it nearly came back up. (laughs) That was the worst part of the film for me. Well, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of love for it online when we asked for shout outs. So I kind of feel a little bit bad that I didn't I didn't feel what everyone else felt towards this film. So I hope I haven't been too scathing. I've kind of let you two just talk and keep my opinions to myself. So we'll do the Twitter shout out first. We've had at N T I O Pod, which is now that I'm older podcast, who are one of my favourite podcasts, so please go and listen to them, they're great, said, Fraser is comedic value, but the mummy was a little bit scary. We've also had J Movie Talk podcast, say, best of the trilogy, Fraser is good. First time I saw Rachel Weiss and became an instant fan, great supporting cast. At Daddy Mojo says, not as bad as people made it out to be. It was good for the time, but certainly hasn't aged well. Fraser is likeable, but with limited range. I completely yeah. agree with that person's comment. the last comment. He's, yeah, the last he's comment. hit the nail on the head. He really yeah. has. So thank you. The last comment that, um, at Daddy Mojo, who is Cray Burley. So thank you for that. 
onto Instagram. We've had at Snowden72, who is Cindy, our official American correspondent, said, I dug it. I remember going in like meh and then really enjoying it. Now, of course, they're really making it. Why can't they let Brendan Fraser have this one? I agree with Cindy. Yeah. No need to remake it. I think it's silly. At D. Pioneer said, This movie is a classic, never gets old. It's Luke B. Says, This movie is really awesome. I love Brendan Fraser in it. The ride is really fun as well. I love the backwards launch. Mm. So, yeah. another fast ride. You like that bit? Yeah. Okay. Good. At Champa Klein, who are uh, another podcast, please go and check them out, says, great film, solid cast, good story and effects. It has the same feel as old adventure films from the 30s and 40s. The soundtrack is well done, too. It's a fun movie. Agree. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. At Theme Park Mermaid says, I love this movie so much. I watched it a lot growing up. It was a solid franchise with Rachel and Brendan. It was smart, witty and action-packed. So these are really nice comments. And in fact, there's so many of them. I only put up one appeal for shout-outs normally and then I remind people several times for shout-outs. And this, I had to stop it because I'm just like, I'm going to be here all night. I've not even yeah. finished. Was there anything negative? No. So, at Moana Mama Times 2 said, this movie I love. I ended up staying home off sick from school one day and my brother was supposed to take me in later but decided not to. I was so upset that he decided to make up for it by taking me to see this instead. It's one of my favourite memories. This movie has everything I look for. Comedy, a touch of scary action. I love the classic feel and the cast was perfect. Brendan is incredible in this movie. He plays the role of O'Connell so well you believe he really is that person. I watch this movie a lot and it's definitely in my top 20 favourite movies of all time. Aww. Gushing review. Very nice review. And the last one is from... Dan and Cody podcast, and again, please go and check them out, gave us a nice little fact that I've left till last, saying, it's fantastic, did you know that Leonardo DiCaprio wanted this role, but he couldn't fit it in because he was shooting the beach? Oh, I did. So, that's interesting. And I think The Dummy was a better film than The Beach. I really like the beach. I know that I'm by myself because no one liked the beach, but I really like the beach. The book is fantastic, obviously, way better than the film, but I, I quite, I thought they did a decent job of the film. But I don't know if Leo could have played that part. He was all quite boyish looking then, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't think he, I think it's good he didn't do it. I think Brendan suited, I think Brendan was good in that role. I can't imagine really Leonardo DiCaprio doing that role. Me. So, have you got anything else to add? Lyle, have you enjoyed guesting on Theme Park Films? It's been brilliant. Thank you for having me. As you We've know, I'm uh, one of the biggest fans, and I, I always try and you know comment on Instagram, and I listen every week. I've even done a quiz on, on this podcast, which Holly 
didn't do too well in actually. Maybe we'll um, we'll put the questions up at some point for uh, for the listeners to to play along. So thank you for joining us, Lyle. It's been absolutely lovely to have you, and thank you for your continued support. I know we can always rely on you to be liking our posts and downloading, etc. You're welcome. Much appreciated. So everyone out there, if you want to get in touch, you can. You can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Instagram or Pinterest, Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can email us at themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. We are also the creators of Britpod Scene, which you can find on Twitter or www.britpodscene.com, where we um, host loads of fantastic uh, British podcasts that we endorse. So please go and check those out. You'll find plenty on there. Don't spoil the ending. Rough Giraffe, That King Thing, Back of the Grid, It's Not Radio, Spielberg Pod, and Easy Rider Raging Podcast, our, our, our core eight, but we're always adding to it. Anything else you two would like to add? No, I don't think so. No, nothing from me. Okie dokie then. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.